to episode three of the JR Takes podcast. I am Ryan Rogers. And I am Jonah Hoffman. So there was a little draft this weekend. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, our mocks, uh, mm, they didn't do great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you were you were off to a hot start. You got, what, the first, the first three out of the first four picks correct. Yeah, I started off hot and I was like, man, ESPN, what are you doing hiring, you know, Mel Kuyper and not me? But uh, as the draft went on, I mean, I don't think anyone really predicted how this draft was playing out by like round like by pick 16 or so. Like, no, I mean, you saw my mock draft. I was wrong the first pick. So it shows (laughs) you how accurate. And to be honest with you, uh, going down the draft board of the first round, I only <laughs> I might have gotten some players to certain teams correct, but as far as overall picks go, I only got one picked pick correct. <laughs> so, and that was Drake London of the Falcons. So, as I said uh, on my Facebook post earlier in the week, Falcons fans, beware, because <laughs> uh, that's not exactly a good sign that the only pick I got correct was to your franchise. <laughs> so, well, I think um and we'll get into this a little more later, but I think the biggest, you know, thing here that was surprising everybody was that there was no Malik Willis in round 1, and then there was no Malik Willis in round 2. And then we were at the bottom of round 3 and he still hadn't gotten picked. Yeah, I I don't know what the deal with that was. I think maybe just like everyone has been saying, the raw talent, it's like he's a he's basically going to be a project for any team that takes him on. And I think him going to the Titans kind of makes a lot of sense because Ryan mm. Tannehill has been in the league for a long time. 2012 is when he got drafted. So Yeah, same uh, age as Russ, more or less. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think he can learn a lot from Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill himself has been on a journey. He yeah. got two ACL injuries back-to-back years in Miami. And so, I mean, that guy probably has a lot of insight on the highs and lows of being in the NFL and probably can just overall teach someone like Malik with his raw talent. Uh, he could probably learn a lot from a guy like Tannehill. Yeah, and I'm I think it is one of the better places he could have landed up because he's not going to have to start day one. And that's what I was worried about. I was worried he was going to go to the Giants or the Texans or the Panthers or something like that or the Falcons, where maybe he wouldn't have been starting day one, but you know they're going to go like 0-4 to start the season and the coach might get desperate and put him in to save his ass. And I think Malik Willis has a really, really bright future um, given an adequate amount of time to learn but yeah you see super not ready and i i am no qb whisperer um but everyone online whom i have respect for and is a qb expert is saying he's he's years away from being ready to start in the nfl i mean think of how hard it is to be an nfl starting quarterback and reading defenses and also you know knowing every single play in the playbook what every player's doing and setting the protections for your offensive line. Like, dude, I mean, I barely know the difference between cover three and cover four when you show me a picture of a defense. Yeah, so. I mean, I well, I was telling you uh, the other day, uh, af- uh, Friday, after the morning of the draft, I was like, uh, to be honest, I was a little um, not 
too stoked on the Seahawks first round pick in Charles Cross, but then, you know, I gave it some time, you know, uh, time to process. And I'm actually, I was actually really excited the following morning and was watching Cross highlights. And I was even watching uh, just because I knew we were going to go defensive uh, more than likely for the second day. That mm. it got me, uh, I started nerding out and watching videos on like cover one, two, three, and four, and just kind of. Just because I wanted to know a little bit more about what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as no, far as sure. defenses goes. Um, but yeah, to wrap that up, um, Malik has got to be, man, that's got to be one of the biggest falls in the NFL draft I've ever seen. Probably the biggest. Yeah, well, uh, when we were watching the draft on ESPN, they were showing the percentages of uh, the quarterbacks that were left that were projected to be either round one or round two mm-hmm. in that regard. And uh, it was the third round, and no one had been taken besides uh, Kenny Pickett still. Mm. And there was a one percent chance that there was a yeah, there was a less than one percent chance of Malik Willis still being available when he was. And Mm. so that's insane, right on its own, right there. And then each other quarterback that was left, that was you know Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, and uh, Sam Howell. All of their percentages were extremely low as well. I. Forget, I think Matt Corral's was like 5%. Mm. Uh, Desmond Ritter, under the 10s. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to find that and yeah, pull we'll it up. and Pull that stat up. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think quarterbacks were the biggest surprise, but I, I think this is a case of uh, people buying a little too much into the media hype because before I started following this draft at all, all I had heard for the past 12 months about the 2022 class is that the quarterbacks were bad before I even knew who any of them were. That's what I heard. And, you know, all the way back in like 2020, basically. Um, so anyways, um, I think as the draft got closer, you know, that that time gap from combine to draft, it just feels like six months, even though it's only like six weeks. And that gives the media so much time to hype up people And, you know, I feel for the kids, too, because I'm sure Malik Willis had all these expectations from the media falling around like a lost puppy um, for six weeks straight that he was going to go in the first round. I mean, he showed up to Vegas looking all sharp with his family and had to sit there for so long before he got taken. So I'm glad he's going to a a good organization. I mean, I know the Titans haven't won the big game yet, but that. Mike Vrabel is a great coach. I think I think that's one of the better places he could have ended up in the league. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, like Desmond Ritter, for example, I I thought he was pretty much a lock for the first round as well, from what I was hearing from the media. But again, didn't even get his name called till round three, but was actually the second quarterback off the board, surprisingly enough. Um, but I think um, Desmond Ritter actually has a outside shot to be a starter this season. Um, I'm was actually seeing a lot of comparisons to Marcus Mariota of Desmond Ritter as I was doing some research in the draft. But um, yeah, I, I think Desmond Ritter has a chance to actually be the guy in Atlanta going forward. I, I really like him. He's not physically amazingly talented in terms of throwing. Um, he's a great athlete, ran a four five flat, but um, he his arm is like good enough, but not not anything you're going to lose your mind about. Um, but anyways, yeah, to recap the first round, uh, yeah, so I, uh, lucked out with my guess that Trayvon Walker was going to be picked number one. 
And then I feel like it's pretty common sense. And the Lions even locked their pick in after that. What was it, like 10 seconds once they were on the clock to get Aiden Hutchinson? So uh, there are just times, you know, at the top of the draft where it's a no-brainer, you know? When someone's the top prospect, just take them. There's no reason to second-guess it. Um, so, yeah, we both got Ahmad Gardner and Garrett Wilson going to the Jets, though, just in opposite order in your case. Yeah, I I was kind of expecting uh, that pick that I made, Garrett Wilson going for overall. That was a reach. I I may or may not have regretted a little bit of my uh, mock draft picks after a couple days of after making them, of course. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like a lot, a lot of unexpected things happened in the first round. Like you were saying about the quarterbacks, all of them falling to the third round. I kind of think it might be a a good thing uh, in the long run for a guy like Malik Willis because it was probably pretty humbling for him to yeah. sit there expecting to go round one because of all the things the media was saying, and now. Uh, lo and behold, he was a low third round pick and yeah, he almost made it to he, the fourth and he wasn't even the first quarterback taken. He maybe wasn't the even third. the second quarterback taken. So, uh, I think maybe that will bring him back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. He's extremely talented and I don't even think he's a cocky guy by any means, but no, you no. got, you got to think like a young guy coming into the league like that, uh, and then fall into the third round. Maybe he is saying to himself, wow, I've got a lot to prove to mm-hmm. myself and everyone. So, Well, right to that example, I mean, who's to say would Russell have been the same quarterback if he got picked in the first round? I don't know. All I know is, I mean, I thought it was pretty awesome when uh, Wilson came into the league and was wearing number three. I never knew if it was confirmed because he was a third-round pick, but that's what my brain associated with right away, and I was like, oh, that's kind of badass. But uh, anyways... um. Yeah, I, I hope all these guys' careers work out. Um, I think Kenny Pickett's in a good situation. And we basically, I mean, it, it seemed like the most obvious thing in the world that the Steelers were taking a quarterback. But you and I and pretty much everyone else in the world uh, thought that guy was going to be Malik. But I, I think it makes sense. Um, Kenny Pickett is ready to jump in and play right now. Um, I think, to me, Kenny Pickett reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan, just more athletic, like a lot more athletic. But, uh, I mean, Matt Ryan won an MVP, so who knows? Maybe Kenny Pickett will be something awesome in Pittsburgh. But it's an organization that's proven time and time again that it's built for success. And you got a great defense. They have Najee Harris, so it it could work out. Yeah, yeah, and... uh... (laughs) It's funny uh, you mentioned earlier about Russ and would he would he be the same quarterback or not if he was taken in the first round? Well, he actually was selected in the first round this draft <laughs> uh, by the Denver Broncos. Uh, they apparently they took him at number nine. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's hear that. Hello, hey Russ, uh, George Payton with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, but hey, we're getting ready to pick you at number nine. Uh, you're going to be a Denver Bronco. Oh, George, man, thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's so excited, man. So so excited to be a Denver Bronco. Can't wait to get you here, get you with our with our group, get you with our coaches. Uh, we're fired up to have you. What a gift. Yeah, fired up. Fired up to be a Bronco. I'll see you soon. Broncos country. Let's ride. All right. Yeah, uh, that was terrible overall, but um, <laughs> nice acting, Russ. Uh, I, that was, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, it's so on character for him. I, I, 
it it was always cringe. I I I loved it when he was on our team, but that, I, I can acknowledge like there's a there's a lot of corniness there. But I I do think he it is genuine. That's just how he is. But I do I will say ever <laughs> since he, he like I don't know if it's him getting traded for all those picks, but it seems like the corniness has skyrocketed since he's gone to Denver. I mean, maybe he's, he's got a he's got a whole new uh, fan base to to brand himself for so i mean kind of makes sense but uh yeah no i mean 2023 and beyond i i wish him all the luck in denver we got their first round pick next year though so i want them to go 0 and 17 <laughs> yeah i don't i don't wish you all the luck in denver russell um i want you guys to fail miserably so we get a good draft pick <laughs> uh and then after that sure you can yeah you know have fun go to the super bowl and throw a pick on the goal line i could give a shit but <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we got here i i so yeah i had let's see here i had Thibodeau to the giants that was right um i had my tackles flip-flopped charles cross and evan neal um with the giants and seahawks respectively i i am stoked that the seahawks got the one of the top three tackles for the record um but we'll get more into that later Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I didn't see happening was Derek Stingley going number three overall. That kind of shocked me. That really surprised me. Uh, I mean, I, I know the Texans organization has made some mistakes in the past, but the main guy that was behind the wheel and making those mistakes is gone. And, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Brian, uh, what is uh, that what, guy's name? Brian, I can picture his face cause he's such a loser. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's gone. He's out of the picture. So I just kind of I expected the Texans to make some safe picks. I know you chose them to get uh, Ikeem Ikwanu. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't do something like that or take a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau or Thibodeau. Um, yeah. Just because those are very safe picks. I had him. Uh, yeah, I had him getting uh, Kayvon, but they went with uh, Derek Stingley, the guy who had, you know, a really good resume especially from 2019. Uh, But yeah, it was just, I think it's a good pick. It was just a little risky just because, you know, coming off an injury like that, uh, he certainly doesn't give you the surefire insert and they will do their thing like the first three pick or the first two picks uh, gave you. So, I mean, it, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how the Texans build from the ground up here mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. I mean, I'm not looking that much forward to it because they're the Texans, but you know what I mean? They're, I, they're kind of an underdog franchise. And yeah. I mean, they, they've only existed for 20 years. They hadn't made the playoffs, you know, when I, from when I started watching football till like, what was it? 2008 or nine when mm-hmm. they finally made it for the first time. I can't remember, but Matt Schaub, but either way, you know, a few years ago, just five years ago, they got their guy into Sean Watson and looked like they had the next big thing, and it all blew up in the matter of, like, 24 months. So I feel for Texans fans if you're out there. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that's a complete bottom-up rebuild that's mm-hmm. taking place. Um, but I do think it was very smart of them to not pick a quarterback and just see what you got in Davis Mills. I mean, I think a lot of teams these days, it's like if a quarterback doesn't show not just like um, competence, but above average, like above the 16th best quarterback in the league talent, 
after two years, they just ditch him. And well, yeah, look at Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like Baker was bad. Baker brought that. Baker beat the franchise that had been owning them since I've watched football in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not yeah. only did he beat them, he kicked their ass at in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so, and I mean he. Like, I don't think Baker Mayfield was ever going to be top five, but I don't think he's the type of quarterback that's going to hold you back from winning anything. So, I don't know. I The NFL is the most competitive place in the world. It makes sense. Teams, you know, if they don't have what they think is their guy, then, then they're on the look for their guy. But um, sometimes I feel like people forget these are like 21 to 23-year-old kids coming in and trying to do something really, really, really difficult. So I think, it, you know, it just takes time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, moving a little little more forward into the draft here, um, we did get some stuff right. Um, so outside the top ten, well, you had Jordan Davis go into the Eagles, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah, so that, that was a, a win. I had him go in one pick later, um, but uh, you – you had Kyle Hamilton going much earlier than he ended up getting picked, right? <laughs> yeah, I foolishly had him going to the Lions. Oh, um, that's right. I just kind of thought the Lions were going to... I thought they were going to go against the media because um, they're just one of those franchises that uh, makes a lot of head-scratching decisions. Uh, th- this isn't draft-related, but like case in point, uh, when they fired Jim Caldwell, um, he had a very good resume with the Lions when he was there and they got rid of him for Matt Patricia and then Matt Patricia was as we all know terrible um but yeah the Lions just make a lot of head scratching moves and I I mean I don't think Kyle Hamilton is like you know he's he was arguably one of the most talented players in this draft and that's kind of that's kind of why like I thought they might go with him uh just I know their secondary was needed a lot of help last year, and he just, I, I felt like he fit the Lions mold as far as, oh, they took him and the second pick overall? Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, they went the other way, and, of course, Trayvon Walker going number one overall. Uh, pretty much solidified Aiden Hutchinson at the number yeah. two pick. And so once they took Trayvon Walker, I was like, well, I know my first couple picks are gonna be all wrong yeah i was i was banking on that happening right because it, it really made all the dominoes after that fall into place but yeah another thing I, I thought would happen a lot earlier is trent mcduffie getting drafted i mean he almost fell into the second round which was really surprising to me because some people had him going as high as like top 10 yeah he went to yeah the chiefs traded up to get him get mm. him didn't they yeah, and, and one thing that was impossible to predict is the amount of trades that occurred in the draft. And I think that's why we shied away from doing that, um, because yeah. once you get into trading this and that, that starts affecting later rounds, and I don't know. That's a lot to consider. Like, for example, the Eagles trading for Jordan Davis. I believe they—what round did they get Jordan Davis in? 13—or the—what pick? 13? They got him at 13, yes. Yeah, and they didn't originally have that pick. So I can't even really remember who they traded to get him. Yeah, I mean, at some point that was the Texans pick, but I think even they traded for that. So it's a a complicated situation there. Um, But yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, who do you think had the uh, best first round? 
I think it's pretty clear. Um, I think the Jets had the best first round. I was going to say, I agree with you there. Uh, if, if not the Jets, then possibly the Ravens. The Ravens had a hell of a first round. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants did great getting Thibodeau and Neal. I mean, those are, if they went one and two in this draft, it would have made sense. They're mm-hmm. both extremely talented, and I, I wanted the Seahawks to get both of them. Obviously, it's impossible to do that, but yeah, it was a great dra- a great first round. I, I haven't had the chance to look at every team's full draft, so I, I can't make an informed dis- statement on any of their entire drafts, but as far as the first round goes, New York, New York, New Jersey... Definitely looking like feeling like winners after Thursday night. Um, getting Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, and Garrett Wilson. You know, some people thought Jermaine Johnson was the best pure edge rusher in this draft. Uh, there was a big argument for the Hawks grabbing him at number nine, but um, he fell all the way to twenty six. Which actually, I this was an accidental prediction on my part. I just forgot about Jermaine Johnson when I was doing my mock. I was like, oh shit. Well, he's going to the bills at 25. Um, so I should go as a show. Pure dumb luck happens. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, that, that was another guy who took a tumble down the draft board on draft day. And I, I'm not sure why that happened, but I think the biggest factor is people wanted these receivers in this draft and i remember all the way back at the combine i was uh keeping track of it and it was receiver after receiver running a four three like uh, over and over and over again i was like damn this has got to be the fastest receiver group i've ever seen and some of these guys are big too so it's definitely a talented receiving class um and as the market has shown this offseason it's all about receivers right now yeah it's kind of kind of surprised me a little bit i mean i know we were talking about it a little bit the other day uh about you know the rams their receiving corp really sets the tone as far as what you want to have in order to win a super bowl i personally still think it's a little overblown look at the denver broncos in 2013 they had an amazing set of receivers Mm -hmm. and they got shut down i mean i know that's almost 10 years ago but but Still, I mean, you get, I still am a believer in you build around the defense, mm-hmm. defense wins championships. And yeah, I mean, all these teams, they're, they're going after the talented, you know, having multiple receivers. I, I really feel for franchises like the Packers. I mean, I had them taking Jameson. I think we both had them taking yeah. Jameson Williams. And then you had uh, teams like the Detroit Lions trading up to get Jameson Williams, which I was pretty surprised by because... Like I was just saying earlier about the the Kyle Hamilton and why I felt like he would go to Detroit. Like they make a lot of a lot of interesting decisions in their front office, but that was a good move, I think, on yeah. their part because now they're going to have Jamison Williams and Amon Ra. Yeah, and I honestly uh, back to just draft grades. I think well, the Lions did made out excellently on round one because they didn't really give up a ton for their trades. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact, you know. Um, value of what was shipped but I, I remember seeing it was not a ton of capital that they had to give up to to move up to get um jameson williams um but yeah um the packers you you did happen to call that they got christian watson it just was a few picks into the second round later yeah than what you were predicting yeah i mean i really like uh the size and uh just height and weight overall for yeah. christian watson he i would have really liked us to get him same 
I don't know. I I'm glad what we I'm glad the Seahawks did what they did instead of drafting Christian Watson, but uh at the same time, yeah, he's got some traits that are really exciting. Um and I think he might enter his rookie season as Aaron Rodgers' new number one target. I think he will. I who think else he'll is gonna be Alan I think he'll yeah, I think he'll plug him in and he'll get going like right then in week one. Yeah. Just because I I just think Aaron Rodgers, I mean, a lot of people paint this sort of picture about him like he's a bad teammate, he's a super selfish guy, but uh, I was, <clears throat> you know, seeing some stuff on my Instagram account the other day about uh, Aaron Rodgers loves going to the Pat McAfee show. Uh, one, yeah, I watched the Pat McAfee show pretty regularly. Yeah, and he was just saying, I think it was after the first round when they... Or maybe it was, I can't really remember, decipher on what, when the exact time it was, but he basically just said, I'm going to try and work with whatever I'm given and roll with it. And I, I think that's, that's, uh, I think it's a good sign from Rogers because it's, he didn't go on there and saying, you know, we better take a wide receiver. We yeah. lost Devante. I mean. The one thing I have grown to appreciate about Aaron Rodgers, um, who I'm still not a tremendous fan of, but. At the very least, when he speaks to the media or has an interview or whatever, he's transparent. It seems like he's he's pretty honest and doesn't just, you know, feed the BS that everyone else in their interviews says, you know, oh, you know, good team, great team, play by play, 100%, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Um, but anyways, um, who or I guess what was the most head-scratching move of the first round in your opinion? Ah, uh, that I gotta say, um, the. Let me see here. One of the can you go down the list? I want to say the Kenyon Green pick really surprised me. Um, when was that? Was that thirteen? That was fifteen to the. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, fifteen to the Texans. Yeah, well, actually, aside from all the receivers, like all the rec- I thought there would at least be one of my first round pick receivers available by the time it got to green Bay at 22, but really all of them were gone. I had just, uh, I had Jahan Dotson going to pe- the Packers mm-hmm. and he was taken early. I think what 16 by the, uh, by the football team, the commanders. Yeah. And, uh, that really surprised me. Um, but yeah, the, the Kenyon green pick just kind of surprised me just because I was, I just think, uh, in my personal opinion, guard is. To, I just don't. I just don't value it as high as I do other positions. No. And to, to take a, a pick or to take a guard at pick fifteen, really was just sort of a head scratcher. Granted, I think Kenyon Green, I had him going late in the first round to the Buccaneers, but I had the Buccaneers taking him because they're a complete team. Yeah. And some, and they don't have a ton of needs. Yeah, the Texans have needs everywhere. But on the other hand, the Texans are addressing, you can only address so many things at mm-hmm. a certain time. And we're, uh, the Seahawks, they're building their offensive line, you know, getting um, the two tackles that they did. Uh, but yeah, I just, like I said, I personally just do not value guard as much as I do, uh, like the tackle position yeah. or edge rusher or. I'll go out on a limb and say even center too. I think center is a more valuable position than guard because it's it's kind of a 
a lot of teams guard is sort of a revolving door at that position because they get injured a lot. But mm-hmm. your tackles are the the pillars of your offensive line, and your center has got to be kind of like the um, the nerdy guy that calls the shots and you know has his head and what's what's going on on every play. Um, yeah, so that that's definitely one of the picks that surprised me as well. Um, in my opinion, the biggest L of the first round, and granted. <laughs> You know, who, who, what do I know? Maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer, but Quay Walker at 22 <laughs> Green Bay. Like, I was going to say that too. I like, what are you doing? The, the first thing I did when I went or when I saw that pick unfold is I went straight to the Packers Instagram page and I, <laughs> I went to the <laughs> post of them getting Quay Walker and I just read all the comments <laughs> of all the Packer fans because I know if, that's one thing I was really worried about the Seahawks doing is I thought they were going to take a linebacker at number nine. Yeah, I thought, um, what's his name, Devin Lloyd was a real uh, possibility at number nine, but they didn't end up taking an off-ball inside linebacker at all at any point in the draft. Yeah, and I mean, Bobby Wagner, when we had him, he was obviously our captain on the defense. Mm-hmm. And I'm, not, I'm not disregarding or you know down, downplaying the importance of linebacker, but... I do think corner is one of the hardest positions in the game. So getting a really good corner is a lot more valuable than getting a really good linebacker. And I think getting a difference making edge rusher, like the edge rushers that went early on, Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could have gotten (coughs) gotten someone um, of more value at, pick number 22 i mean I'm, I'm right there with you i would have taken kair elam over over quay walker i didn't even have Qua- i didn't did yeah even... or like jermaine johnson yeah yeah that or i don't know I'm i mean I, I think i think their number 28 pick of Devonte wyatt that that's good value and that's that's a good pick he's you know another one of those crazy good georgia defenders um oh, both those guys are from georgia actually but yeah, no, I, I thought Quay Walker at 22 was crazy. Um, again, I'm an armchair analyst, but that's my analysis. What the hell, Packers? I will say, though, in the Packers' defense, I was surprised. By the time we got to uh, the Traylon Burks pick uh, for Tennessee, when they... Oh, yeah, side note, the A.J. Brown trade. Oh, we'll get, yeah, we'll get I to that, that in even second. happened. But um, by the time Traylon Burks was taken, I was like, wow, what receivers are even left that the Packers can draft. And that got me thinking, well, if the Packers wanted, if they had two first round picks, I think they should have potentially traded up to get one of these receivers. Granted, they got their guy in, uh, Christian uh, Watson, Christian Watson. And he may have been their guy from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's out of North Dakota state. They might've, had an easier time getting to watch him uh, mm-hmm. scouting wise because it's it's just closer to Wisconsin than yeah. not being close to Wisconsin. So, <laughs> it, but um, yeah, point being is I was I was a little surprised that they didn't try and make any moves trading up, and maybe they did. Uh, we don't always know yeah. what's going on, but but Quay Walker that pick was the first head scratcher to me uh, throughout this draft, and or. Well, the Kenyon Green and then the Quay Walker. Mm. The both of those picks, I was like, oh, okay. And, and then the last one that f- I knew you were total pun up. intended was very strange to me. 
was uh, Cole Strange going to the Patriots at pick 29 out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Um, just because I, I saw him like, let me give you an example. I did a simulated mock draft seven round and I took Cole Strange in the third round for the Seahawks and pro football focus gave me an F for doing that in round three. So that was my, you know, background going into seeing the Patriots do that. I was like, they took him in the first round, but I mean, another kind of situation and this is something the Seahawks do too which in my opinion is not the greatest process in the world but I you know if it works it works um some teams just have a player type and a player that they want and they take them when they think they can get them and it doesn't always match up with what the rest of the league or what the media is thinking so you know maybe the Titans had Cole Strange as a fourth round prospect but Maybe right behind the Patriots, the Chiefs had him as a first rounder. You you never know. Um, I'm pulling that situation out of my ass, but uh, yeah, that that one kind of caught me off guard as well. But he he's probably gonna be a good player. And as you said, I mean, what he was on the dean's list like ten semesters in a row or something like that. So smart player. Seems like a smart guy. Yeah. Um, maybe. And Bill Belichick is all about. You know, he's a genius, so maybe yeah. he can be like, oh, I can teach this guy X, Y, Z, and mm. he'll turn into a Hall of Famer. I have a tendency to not bet against Belichick and what he's doing. Yeah. Even if I don't understand it. Yeah, totally. Um, Any other picks that you noticed were... Uh, No, I mean, besides all just the receivers being taken... um so rapidly from picks like eight to 20. Um, Andrew Booth falling to the mid second was a surprise to me. I did happen to get sky Moore to the chiefs, right? Just around early. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, I haven't really dug too much into the draft, um, post round one for other teams across the league. So we just wanted to discuss round one here and get our take on it. Um, lots of surprises, my biggest L in my mock draft for sure is my prediction of Sam Howell going to the <laughs> Saints at pick 19. He ended up falling to the fucking fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> so th that was uh, that was pretty bad. But um, I think he ended up going to the commanders, actually. So could be the heir apparent to Carson Wentz. Well, I'm actually just looking at my... Uh my mock draft, and I actually did not get the Christian Watson pick right. I had him going to Tennessee. Oh, you did? So, yeah. I uh, thought you had him going to the Packers for some reason. I thought I did too, but I guess not. But, yeah. um, no, I had tons of L's in my mock draft. Uh, some I don't want to talk about. Some I, <laughs> some I would like to address. Um, one of them being the Buffalo Bills taking Brees Hall. Uh, that was a pretty big L. He went in the second round, but... He went pretty I, early in the second, too. But I... Uh, yeah, I just... I should have realized no one was going to take a running back in the first round. That that era of making those kind of picks early seems a little bit over. I think Saquon Barkley uh, it was the death of that draft strategy. Not because, yeah. I mean, Saquon Barkley like was a freak of nature, but... Dude, running backs get hurt. And yeah. I think that's why teams are starting to go more towards a split back, which has, it's been a, I mean, think of the um, Carolina Panthers way back in the day when they had those two guys, 
running back the the two running backs um jonathan stewart yes and d'angelo williams d'angelo williams that's who it was uh man i had to go way back in the archives for that one but (laughs) that's you know an example from 13 years ago or something like that of the the split back being very successful and I think as time has gone on, um, people like Derrick Henry and Jamar, uh, Jonathan Taylor are really outliers in today's NFL. It's it's more about having two guys and usually a third running back on your team that is the good receiver. So, yeah, yeah I think I think the first round running back is is all but extinct. Sands, you know, freak situations, and typically at the bottom of the first. Well, yeah, and you saw what's his name from the Steelers, uh, Najee Harris, getting drafted last year in the first round, but he went he went semi late, kind like of around the pick is yeah, kind of around like the that. same pick as Pickett. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. And right away, you look at the Steelers, and I think about their running back situation, and I'm thinking they better get another guy that can carry that workload because they're going to run Najee Harris into the ground yeah. and his career is going to be short lived if they don't, you know, get him some help in the backfield. And I think that was a good call on their part to draft a quarterback, uh, to, tr- you know, probably spread the ball around, maybe get him a little less reps per game, uh, that he was getting last season. Mm-hmm. I just think Ben Roethlisberger was way oh he should have retired like three years ago yeah no he he was holding them back i it was a situation where he had been playing quarterback for so long he's really 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 good at you know recognizing the situation and he got the ball out so quick these last couple years but good God, anytime he tried to throw that thing down the field, it was like, just, dude, please stop making me watch this. Like, this is, this is miserable, <laughs> miserable, ugly, filthy, gross football to, to have to watch. Um, anyways, I someday I'll stop shitting on Ben Roethlisberger on this podcast, but it's not today. Sorry, no. Ben. No, you, yeah, sorry, Ben. Um, well, yeah, I mean... That's that's pretty much all I have to say about the first round of the draft so far. We'll we'll talk more about it throughout the offseason as, you know, training camp comes up and depth charts become a little more clear. Um, but yeah, biggest surprise to me is the lack of quarterbacks and the surplus of receivers. Yeah, agreed. Uh, surplus of receivers and really the hot positions this first round were all the receivers getting taken, all the edge rushers, and the corners. I think uh, those were three of the main positions that... uh, I guess I expected the edge rushers. I expected that Mm. to be high Yeah, no surprise there. But yeah, wow, the the receivers getting taken early was just... It was was blowing my mind. It definitely blew up my mock draft board. Yeah, uh, definitely moving into a new era, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, alrighty. That has been it for us. Thank you for listening and tune in for the next one. Yeah, we'll be discussing uh, the Seahawks and how their draft went specifically, kind of gearing away uh, from the NFL as a whole and more towards the Seattle franchise. Yeah, more towards what I actually know a lot about. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Yep, thanks. (laughs) 